God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me today. We have all known the joy of victory, and unfortunately, we've also known the icky, yucky feeling of defeat. What do we do on those days where we haven't done it right? How do we move forward when we feel like we're stuck in it real deep? Have you ever had one of those days where things just didn't work and now you're stuck in a funk? Now you're stuck in a feeling of remorse? Now you're stuck? What do I do to be cleansed from failure mentality? What do I do to be released from the pain of defeat? How do we arise from a fall? We will explore this in today's episode, so... Give a listen. It's never fun falling back into unbelief, letting old doubts haunt and taunt us, the fears that end our cheer, those mental places we visit that have been born of lies and deceitful lust. I recently taught a young believer that worry was a sin. That was news to them. But it clearly states in Romans 14.23, that which is not of faith is sin. I'm not here to beat us up about sin. I'm here today to talk about what it takes to move away from that moment of defeat when we have surrendered to the wrong thing. Then comes that moment when we endeavor to climb back into our Father's lap and be embraced by His arms. What does it take to arise from a fall. I stumbled and I fell, but I need to say and tell, he still loves me. So in the midst of defeat, this truth I shall repeat, he still loves me. No matter how far I stray, it is always truth when I say, he still loves me. Though I have fallen on the ground, this truth is still around, he still loves me. I need to get it in my skull. This truth is never void or null. He still loves me. Though at times I believe a lie, I am the twinkle in his eye. He still loves me. When unbelief is in my heart, I need to go back to the start. He still loves me. So to get out of my mental funk, I need to flush the junk because he still loves me. When you consider some of the heroes of our faith, we come to a wonderful conclusion that perfection is not within most people's ability. Noah saved mankind and then got drunk. David was an adulterer and murderer and then became a man after God's own heart. Moses doubted God's call and gave the excuse that he stuttered. Jeremiah had an identity crisis thinking he was too young to answer God's call. Peter was a hothead, and Thomas doubted everything. So take a deep breath and realize, no matter where you're at, God's ability to work within your life will always be there. Consider the truth contained in Philippians 2.13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
Here's the place where we need to surrender and stop fighting against what God is doing in our lives and accept his invitation to walk in his power. This verse states that he works in us not only to do of his good pleasure, but to actually have the willingness to do it. He's kind of stacked the deck in our favor. You are anointed with his spirit. The spirit of the Lord is upon you to enable you to do whatever you need to do, which includes renew your mind. Remember the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Wonderfully, God has a great habit of repeating himself, so this truth is reiterated in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. First of all, he identifies himself as the God of peace. He's not the God of condemnation. And he reminds us that he has the power to raise the dead. He's the peaceful and powerful type. It says that he will make you perfect. He will make you perfect in every good work to do his will. I'm glad he has that ability because I have found I cannot make myself perfect, even though I have tried repeatedly. How about you? Have you noticed that in yourself? But if we partner with him and surrender to his love and grace and mercy, he can work in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. It's like you're sitting on the bicycle pedaling, but he's holding the bicycle up so you go straight and don't crash. It's a partnership, and he'll never let go. He isn't being controlling, he's protecting us, usually from ourselves. Unfortunately, at times, we tell him to let go. How's that working for you? So what do we do after we fall on our face? How do we face that moment when things haven't gone well? In light of what I've spoken, we must remember his love. Of all the promises in his word, we must never fail to remember his love. It is his love that casts out all fear. It is his love that gives us the boldness to return to him after a fall. God is love. To the question, does he still love me when I have sinned, we have the answer as always that we are his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. No perfect performance required. To the question, does his grace persist even when I resist, the answer is we have forgiveness according to the riches of his grace. So where do we go when we are in need of help? We find the answer to that in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. 
For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus knows what we're going through. He understands our weaknesses. Therefore, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, not the throne of judgment, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, not judgment, and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus understands our weaknesses and is compassionate. And as our intercessor at the throne reminds the Father that we need all the help we can get. We need mercy, and we need grace, and it is plentiful. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, and we all have received of his fullness, and grace piled upon grace. Mercy is not getting the judgment you do deserve. Grace, in one form, is receiving what you don't deserve. Then grace becomes the ability to do the will of God, to be that help in time of need. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul reveals to us this truth. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul did not define himself by his failures, but by the grace of God. This is who I am, one to whom the grace of God has been bestowed. He was a murderer, but he does not define himself by that past. Every church epistle begins with a phrase such as this, Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ should be a hint. And most of the epistles end with a statement of the grace of Jesus or the Father being with us. That's a really great companion to have. If you ever stumble again, consider this verse. Proverbs twenty four sixteen, For a just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. You have been made righteous by Jesus. Being right or just is the same thing in this context. You have the ability to rise again because you were made righteous by the blood of Jesus and you have the love of God and his grace. Neither of these will ever run out. It is time to rise up again. Do not listen to the voice of the accuser telling you you failed. You've stumbled. Time to get back up. It is time to believe the truth of his love and his mercy and his grace. It is time to arise. There's a voice in our head that tells us we can't do it. We can't be perfect. We can't whatever. That's the voice of the accuser. The voice of truth tells us that we are more than conquerors. 
Unfortunately, that does imply something needs to be conquered, but remember, Jesus is our victorious Savior. He redeemed us, He reconciled us, and with Him, we are seated at the right hand of God. You got the best seat in the house. Take a moment and turn to the Father and have a chat with Him. Tell Papa how much you love Him. If you need to apologize, great. But remember that the blood of Jesus has washed away all your sin. Then enjoy some family time with Papa God, your big brother, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It is time to arise. As always, I would love to hear from you. My email is dmdobbin at sbcglobal.net. Also, you can join me on my Facebook page, Yesterday Ended, and soon you'll be able to join me on a new YouTube channel entitled Yesterday Ended. God bless you all. Have a great day.